You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. end of the day, modern minimalism to me is a practice of awareness and intention regarding your belongings, time, and energy. Now, while the lifestyle is very customizable and you can be as extreme as you want about it, there are multiple levels and layers that you can practice. Some people try to use the word minimalism in relation to a lifestyle in the same way that you would for minimalist design, which would be characterized by extreme scarcity. So while you can absolutely choose to live out of a backpack with the bare minimum belongings that you need in order to survive, most people don't actually practice it on that level. While minimalism as a lifestyle did kind of evolve, at least in modern ways, from a rich design and artistic history, I don't think you can characterize a lifestyle in the same way that you would inanimate objects. So what could you expect this to look like? Well, first of all, you'll be happy to know that there are no rules. There is no specific number of shoes or items or clothes or anything that you have to own in order to consider yourself an authentic minimalist. It's a practice, meaning that it takes practice. You do it consciously and consistently. The goal isn't to achieve perfection or some obsessive state. It's to prioritize and live in a way that feels full and authentic. Now there's such a strong emphasis on belongings and environment because we understand that our environment greatly impacts all areas of our lives. And all of our belongings take something from us, our time, our focus, our energy. So with minimalism, there's really a strong emphasis on prioritizing and making decisions about what we allow to take that time and focus and energy. So minimalism kind of prompts you to be intentional about what things you allow to take from you. And it's not always necessarily about quantity. A lot of times it's about quality. Is something deserving of your time and attention? Some things that we have um, are worth it. They are valuable. We get a lot of enjoyment out of them. We get a lot of use out of them. So it really comes down to the quality of the things that you're surrounding yourself with. You know, the mantra tends to be less is more, but less of what? I think that the what is just as important as the less. You wanna hold on to the things that make you feel full, that bring on happiness, that make your space a holistic haven and bring out the most authentic version of yourself. Then you declutter or remove the masses of what's left. It really challenges your mind and your lifestyle, just like exercise and a diet challenges your body physically. It really is a mindset shift. I think that anybody who practices and definitely anybody who teaches about clutter-free living or minimalism would tell you that it's a mindset shift. Just like when you're trying to get healthier and change your body, the way that you look at food changes, the way that you think about exercise and your daily movement changes. It's the same way when you're talking about your environment and becoming more intentional and aware about the things you're surrounding yourself with. And it's kind of cool because like essentialism, minimalism is really all about prioritizing. So you'll notice that once you've practiced it for a while, this whole idea and concept of prioritizing which belongings you keep and how you create your space, it naturally continues into other areas of your life as well. So while you may start by decluttering your closet, you might find that you're also streamlining your schedule and prioritizing your relationships. Your mind begins to filter things differently from this practice of 
prioritization and awareness. When done right, it should feel healthy and energizing, not depleting and living in lack. So I do actually have a masterclass that walks through my holistic clutter-free formula to creating these spaces that actually feel amazing and supportive instead of depleting. So I'll leave a link for that down in the description. But let's go back in time a little bit and talk about the history of minimalism. Back in 2017, I'd already been blogging about clutter-free living and minimalism and my whole take on this journey for a little while. And I started researching the history of minimalism. Where did it come from, you know? If you've seen any of my content, then you know that I'm somebody who's very much a how and why based person. I like to know the background. I like to know the science. I like to know where something came from in order to fully get on board with it. And so I was Googling in 2017 and I could not find anything on the history of minimalism as a lifestyle. Like it was so sparse. I ended up having to piece together different bits of information and kind of do the recon work myself. And so I created my own blog post called The History of Minimalism, which was an accumulation of all of this material. And it's ended up being one of my most popular blog posts with over 100,000 views. Now I knew that if you looked back thousands of years to philosophers, for example, Socrates, Plato, Seneca. Seneca is the one who said, it's not the man who has too little but the man who craves more who is poor. In addition to prominent religions like Buddhism and Christianity, all of these have very clear references to denouncing possessions or owning fewer possessions or just the idea of more not being the answer. So it's not a new concept. It's a very, very old concept. And in some of the most extreme examples, you've got things like the Buddhist monks or Christian nuns, this long historical line of people who have denounced their personal possessions in order to prioritize and focus on something greater. But if you were looking for an official dictionary definition of minimalism, you probably wouldn't find what you were looking for unless they've updated it since I created that blog post in 2017, because all I could find was mentions of art and design and reference to the word minimalism. And that's because until fairly recently, the word minimalism wasn't even used to describe a type of lifestyle. The word originally had nothing to do with clutter or belongings. The word minimalism actually became popular in the 50s and 60s in reference to simplistic trends, first in music and then in art and design. When I was studying this, I actually went and listened to some of this original minimalist music just to see what it sounded like. And it does not sound pretty. But the ideas were similar, which was to remove all but the instruments of focus. And then in 1959, the term transitioned over into the art realm with Frank Stella doing his black paintings in New York. And then minimalist design has kind of come and gone in between all of it since the 20s. And of course, really peaking in today's day and age where you can see it all over the place. But minimalism as a lifestyle trend really did not start peaking until the 2000s. In fact, until recently, the trends were going in the opposite direction, and it makes sense for a consumerist society. Now, I know when you say consumerist society or consumerist economy, the people start thinking, well, that sounds a little bit extreme, but actually it's just factual. That is the type of economy structure that we have, at least here in America. Ever since the Industrial Revolution in the 17 to 1800s, when we stopped handmaking products and started mass producing with all of these new machines and great technology that we had innovated. Mass producing led to overproducing, which led to marketing because we had to find ways for people to buy all of this excess stuff that we had just created. And this hasn't gone away. I mean, marketing is more advanced today than it's ever been. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, it just is. But with new research and science and technology and 
pharmaceutical companies that are creating more anxiety and depression medications than ever, people are coming to realize that more stuff doesn't actually bring happiness. In fact, it can actually carry more stress and psychological burden. Okay, but this was even more scrutinized and highlighted in the recession of 2007 and 2008. The cost of living continued to increase, the housing market crashed, unemployment skyrocketed, and many people just became unable to attain those material things that used to be a given. Finding creative ways to not need so much really aided in this logical transition to a more minimalist lifestyle. Emmett not needing to ride the whole consumption and waste wave, which was another increasing problem. And since then, it's really become this movement, this freedom movement, just to simplify and become intentional through less. But the path is very customizable. It looks different for everybody. People crave authenticity. And aside from clutter overwhelm and the mass distraction that comes from having too much stuff, one of the worst outcomes of consumerism is the superficiality that it breeds. And when you peel back those layers of superficiality, oftentimes the simple core is even more beautiful. And that's what this practice of minimalism is really great at at the end of the day, is really highlighting beauty.